Friday, December 27th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 17 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the Lineup Builder tool on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks, you can also find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered in cash games. GPP lineups. I will add some showdown notes for the Sunday night game this week. There's no Monday night game, so don't be looking for that one. And even if you're not a DS insider, you'll be able to visit DraftSharks.com for one more week and see who we're playing against each other in the next round of the Crown is Ass Challenge. Jared has got to be reeling heading into the finale of this thing because I followed my best lineup of the year a couple weeks ago with a new best lineup of the year, 217 points. And Jared, just like in week 15, I played this particular lineup absolutely nowhere else other than against you. What are you going to do this week? I'm not reeling. I'm feeling just fine. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, impressive lineup by you, though. And, uh, you know, 217 with Joe Mixon, who I think, you know, the, the smart move was to get off him after we heard about him being sick on Sunday morning. But, um, I, I'm pretty happy with my lineup. I, you know, I ended up going off of Joe Mixon down to Deion Lewis and you know, using those savings to go up at uh, wide receiver and, and defense. Yeah, Daniel Jones was my moneymaker. I mentioned him on these pods last week, and I, I think he was the – I really think he's the kind of chance that we should be more willing to take in our quarterback rankings probably for season-long lineups, not just look at him like a DFS play. Yeah, maybe. I mean, honestly, I was surprised you played him here. Um, you know, he, he wasn't a cash game type consideration for me, but I did play him in tournaments. He did, did work out nicely. And I agree. I mean, once you get beyond the sure things at quarterback, we should probably be looking for the guys with the ceiling. And, you know, Jones has showed us that multiple times this season already. The Colts D, of course, is also a nice one. That was like a good matchup play that turned into a dream play because of Naheem Hines' two punt return TDs. So a lot of luck there, but at least it started out as, you know, a good option because of the matchup with Will Greer. Yep, definitely. We'll both be back at it for week 17. I am a strong candidate for regression after the past two weeks, but I'm going to try to use some of what went right here. Try to steal five more of Jared's dollars before the season's over. We will both show you who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com come Saturday morning. For now, Jared, why don't you toss us a cash QB for this 15-game main slate? Yeah, we should start by saying, too, week 17, um, if you're playing DraftKings this week, you need to be at your computer on Sunday morning, really throughout the day, because we're going to probably get some surprises in the inactive lists with, you know, teams having nothing to play for, resting guys for the playoffs, et cetera. So make sure you're around for that. And there's probably going to be some values opening up, opening up based on any inactives. Cash game quarterback, I like Carson Wentz is the guy I'm going to start with, 6100 bucks. It's a good price for him. Wentz has topped 21 DraftKings points in four straight games. Now that includes 
23.9 points in his first game against the Giants. Good matchup here, obviously. The, the concern is Zach Ertz and him being banged up, potentially not even playing in this game. That takes away another you know weapon for Wentz, who is already pretty short on weapons. But I just think this matchup is good enough and the price is good enough where Wentz gives you a decent floor for cash games at 6100 bucks. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Jared Goff is right there with him at 6200 bucks. you know, basically the same price. They're both playing opponents that allowed them top 12 fantasy finishes already this season. You mentioned Wentz's matchup. Goff was QB3 in his shot at the Cardinals in week 13, and they clearly went into that game with a pass-heavy plan. He had 300 yards by halftime. He left the game early. You mentioned on yesterday's podcast about murmurs of the Rams potentially resting some players in this game. I would guess that Todd Gurley would top that list of potential resting players. I don't think that they should rest Jared Goff. I would be surprised if they did for this one. And really, I don't know if Robert Woods or Cooper Cup or Tyler Higby, for that matter, would be candidates for that. So I don't expect it to impact the passing side. You know, we'll see what happens Sunday morning, but I think Goff is a high floor play here with lots of upside. Right, and the nice thing is I'm looking at it now is that Goff and Wentz play the late game 425 kickoff. So you could, you know, start with Goff in your lineup, and then if he, you know, for some reason ends up inactive or we hear that, you know, he's not going to play the entire game, you can just easily move down to Carson Wentz. Tourney side, where you like? Oh, you're going to love this one. I'm going to Aaron Rodgers for 6900 bucks. He gets the Lions this week um, in Detroit, which first of all, I like being in the Dome. You don't have to worry about weather in late December here. Packers have the high implied total, um, 27.75 points. The Lions will be the fifth bottom eight quarterback defense Rodgers has faced this season. Two of those first four brought him 46.8 DraftKings points, 28.1 DraftKings points. Rodgers also has two other games this season with 30-plus DraftKings points. So he's been disappointing overall, but he still has shown that you know tournament-winning upside. And I think there's a chance he gets it again this week. Um, and, and I think he's going to be obviously low-owned considering how disappointing he's been. Certainly a chance. I, I don't. I doubt his ownership is going to be that low. I would, and I would just rather save some money and go to Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, or Daniel Jones. I mean, you know, Daniel Jones has been boom bust, so I don't know. It, I don't know how likely he is to give us another ceiling game. But this week's matchup is at least, at least tougher for Saquon Barkley. Maybe that leans things a bit more toward Daniel Jones. And the Eagles have given up big passing numbers to to not Dak Prescott in recent games. I also think one more interesting guy to bring up is Sam Darnold way down at 5000 bucks? Two plus touchdown passes in two of his past three games and four of his past six. And he's going to visit a Buffalo defense that has reason to rest plenty of key guys. And I, I mean, Tredavious White is among the Bills' most important players. I would be surprised if a plan to rest players does not include sitting him for some time. And Sean McDermott has said that Starters will play, but they're going to be smart with it. And I think the smart move when you've got things sewn up and you're playing a meaningless game is to rest some of your players. Shaq Lawson, who has been rushing the passer better in the second half of the season, he's on the injury report this week, so I think he's likely to sit out. So I just I think Sam Darnold presents a decent floor at five thousand bucks this week with some upside if you know we just get a shell of the Bills. Yeah, I'm fine with Darnold if we, you know, see the Bills inactive list and include some of those bigger name guys on the defensive side of the ball. Daniel Jones, my concern with him is just that his ownership is going to be inflated after that big game. But um, you know, we'll we'll see what Fanshare has to say about that when they release their ownership projections. 
Yeah, I'm going to be curious to see those over the weekend because there have been other times this season where I'm like, well, this guy's going to be, you know, exorbitantly owned this week. And then he's not like Will Fuller coming off that huge game against the Falcons. And then the next week he was, you know, down in the normal range. So I'll be curious. I do think that ownership rates will help guide the action, especially in that, you know, like high five to through the 6K range of quarterbacks. Right, yeah, I mean, I I do think Wentz and Goff being slightly cheaper than Jones should help the ownership on the rookie. Yeah, probably. At running back, for before we get to the picks, I think it's worth mentioning that Panthers offensive coordinator Scott Turner says he'll get Christian McCaffrey the ball, quote, any way he can against the Saints. I I doubt that the quote was any way he can because he would be talking about himself in the third person. But anyway, he said that he was going to get McCaffrey the ball any way he can. The Panthers have little to play for here, but McCaffrey's 67 receiving yards away from 1,000 for the season. That would make him the third player ever with 1,000 rushing and 1,000 receiving in the same year. He's also 216 total scrimmage yards away from Chris Johnson's record in that category. Caught 15 passes last week for 119 and Will Greer's first start. Four straight games of 10-plus targets, six straight of nine-plus targets, three straight games over 80 receiving yards, and he had a nice game against the Saints last time, including touchdowns, rushing, and receiving. Are you going to try to get $10,000 worth of Christian McCaffrey in your lineup this week? Um, I, As of now, I'm leaning against playing him in cash. And it's mostly because I think there are just a few better options, salary, you know, factored in at running back. And we'll talk about it, you know, those here in a second. Now, I, I still wonder too, though, if there's some chance McCaffrey's pulled early in this game, you know, say, say he gets those 67 receiving yards in the first half for the 1000, 1000 season. I, I just wonder if there's any chance he's pulled in the second half and, you know, at $10,000, if you don't get a full game, full game out of McCaffrey, you're, you're in trouble. Yeah. And, and to me, the other factor here is that, at ten thousand bucks, so you could get there are there are high upside running backs in the eight K range, and that's expensive still, but it's two thousand less than McCaffrey. So you could put like McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell together in your lineup, or for about the same price, you could put Zeke Elliott and Aaron Jones together in your lineup. And I don't think that the McCaffrey option there really presents more upside. Right. I actually posed that exact same question on Twitter. Would you rather have Christian McCaffrey and Le'Veon Bell? For fifteen thousand eight hundred, or Zeke Elliott and Alvin Kamara for the same exact price, fifteen thousand eight hundred, and you know so far the results are Zeke Kamara, and that's the way I'd lean to just getting you know two of those stud running backs that can give you twenty five plus points. Yeah, I agree. So who's your pick here for a cash running back? Yeah, so Zeke Elliott is the guy I'm going to start with, and he's he's going to be my cash game lock at eight thousand. We have a banged up Dak Prescott in this game against Washington. Now, that should push more volume to Zeke. Cowboys are 11 point home favorites with a big implied total. So the game flow should go in Zeke's favor and Washington over the last three weeks. Now they've allowed 495 rushing yards, three touchdowns on 7.1 yards per carry through running back. So it all, it all sets up for a big Zeke game. I, I feel not as good about him as McCaffrey, but when you factor in the $2,000 savings, I think Zeke just makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I mean, it, certainly the reception ceiling is way higher for McCaffrey, but I, I would say that there's a better chance that Zeke scores in this game, a better chance that he scores multiple times. I think he certainly has a chance to make up for that uh, reception ceiling. And, you know, at $2,000 savings, it allows you to fit more into the other spot. If you if you can't get comfortably to Zeke and Aaron Jones, who I think has a similar outlook in terms of touches and even more receiving upside than Ezekiel Elliott, I think Marlon Mack at 6,900 is a good consideration. There's not much receiving to mine from him, but 
he's as strong a bet for that 100-yard rushing bonus as anyone south of Ezekiel Elliott in salary this week. 16 carries for 95 and a touchdown against Carolina last week for Marlon Mack. The last time he faced Jacksonville this season, 109 yards and a touchdown on 14 carries. Left that game early in the third quarter. And of course, Jonathan Williams then came in and also ran for 100 yards against the Jaguars. So I think there's a chance for Marlon Mack, a solid chance for Marlon Mack to make up for the receiving with a 100-yard bonus in this game. A chance that he scores multiple times because the Jaguars are that bad on the ground. Yeah, I love the spot for Mac. He's definitely in tournament consideration for me. But at that price and without a receiving role, he's someone I'd probably stay away from in cash games. Well, make sure that you don't put him in your crown his ass lineup. He will not be in there. On the tournament side, who you got? I'm going Joe Mixon here. You know, back to Joe Mixon. I mean, I'm sure we talked him up on last week's podcast. That was before. You know, we found out he was sick, and I, you know, he he ended up carrying 21 times in that game against Miami. But if you watch the game, it, it was not the same player that we had seen over the previous couple months. Averaged just 2.4 yards per carry against that Dolphins defense. Ended up playing just 43% of the snaps. So, I, you know, he was at least a bit limited. Um, you know, it was just an illness. Mixon off the week seven week 17 injury report. So I think he's going to be back to the guy that we had seen, you know, over those previous seven games when he averaged 18.9 DraftKings points per game. That included a 30.6 point outing against the Browns. He gets the rematch against the Browns this week. Cleveland's allowed 5.1 yards per carry through running backs now over the past five weeks. They're down to 29th in football outsiders run defense ranking. So hoping hoping the disappointing week 16 gets people off mixing in this matchup. And he was a good example last weekend of why you pay attention to the news through the weekend. Because as we were recording this, the ownership projection was like 7% for Joe Mixon. And we didn't have the stomach bug news. As we got into the weekend, he was projected for the highest ownership rate among DFS running backs and had the stomach bug. So I think he was a pretty easy Sunday morning fade as you were building lineups. I did do that outside of our, you know, challenge lineups against each other. So uh, I think, like you said, he's going to be lower owned this week, especially because he's in a more competitive salary range with other guys coming off that. But the, the carries are still there last week. It just was, you know, performance wasn't. Yep, exactly. On the tournament side, I'm going to have a tough time not including Damian Williams at $4,700. His past three healthy games have seen 14, 24, and 19 opportunities. Last week, he had 16 carries, three targets in his return from a multi-week injury. The Chargers are the eighth best scoring matchup for running backs on the season. They allowed two running back rushing scores to the Chiefs back in week 11. They allowed two to Mike Boone a couple weeks ago. They allowed 106 total yards and a touchdown to DeAndre Washington last time out. The Chiefs enter this week as the fifth largest favorite on the board right now, so that increases their scoring chances. And I would think that at this stage in the season in a game that they should win, the Chiefs would have reason to try to lean on the run and protect Patrick Mahomes a bit heading into the playoffs. And they do have a reason to try to win this game because they still could have a shot at the first round bye if the Patriots lose while they're playing at the same time as the Chiefs. So I I like the chances of Damian Williams getting the ball, and I like the upside on him, and I love the salary. Right, yeah, outside shot at a bye for the Chiefs. They do still need to win to lock up the three seed, which I'm assuming they they care about having the three versus the four. Spencer Ware to IR this week, um, so that takes you know another guy out of that Chiefs back. But I, I think Damian Williams is in play for cash games at that price tag. I'll be curious to see what his ownership projection comes in at. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Wide receiver, what do you like for cash? I'm going Jarvis Landry for cash games. Um, I think he's a good volume bet at his $5,900 price tag. Seven plus targets in 
nine straight games now. He's averaged 8.8 targets per game over his last four. Gets the Bengals, who have allowed the sixth most fantasy points to slot receivers this season. Landry caught four balls for 76 yards against them a few weeks ago, so a, a decent game. Um, he was actually priced up at 6500 for that game, so he's 600 bucks cheaper for the rematch. I'm going to keep rolling with Keenan Allen. There has not been a whole lot of ceiling here, but the floor has been nice and shiny and mopped regularly. Six straight games of five-plus receptions and 68-plus receiving yards. So at his $6,100 salary on DraftKings, you're basically starting him at a floor of 2x value. Eight catches three times in that range that I mentioned the past six games. That included the first meeting with the Chiefs, and Phillip Rivers was bad in that game. So if we get a bad Phillip Rivers, we can still get Keenan Allen production here. According to Pro Football Focus, Kansas City ranks among the top three, uh, meaning the toughest matchups and fantasy points allowed to each of the outside wide receiver spots. They rank middle of the league in allowing points to slot receivers. That, of course, is Keenan Allen's primary area. It's been a weakness for the Chiefs all year. I think we'll see lots more Keenan Allen targets, plenty of catches and yardage. And, you know, if he gets a touchdown, great. Yeah, I think that number two ranking in uh, DK points allowed to wide receivers for the Chiefs is going to scare people off Keenan Allen. But like you said, in the slot, the Chiefs have actually been a pretty fine matchup for wideouts. So, yeah, I, I like Keenan as a cash play. On the cheaper side, I'll throw out Russell Gage if you're trying to fill, if you're trying to put in more um, expensive running backs. Russell Gage mm-hmm. at 4,400, fourth in our DK dollars per point projections. I think he has a higher PPR floor than John Ross at the same projection for them, $100 more for John Ross's DK salary. And Gage has five plus catches, four of his past five games. The first Bucks matchup supplied eight catches and 76 to him on a season high 10 targets. The Bucks are allowing the fourth most points to slot receivers in the league. And Sean Murphy Bunting, their rookie cornerback, has now spent five games as their primary slot corner. In that time, he has allowed 26 catches on just 33 targets, 260 yards, six of Gage's eight catches in that first meeting, and seven of his 10 targets came in Murphy Bunting's coverage. Yeah, I agree that Gage is in play for cash. I also agree that John Ross is a guy I'd look to more in tournaments. I actually, if you're going cheap, though, I like Steven Sims and Greg Ward at 4700 bucks, so a bit pricier than Russell Gage. But um, you know, Steven Sims has seen 28 targets over the last three weeks now. Terry McLaurin out for Sunday's game against the Cowboys. And then Greg Ward has also seen nice volume lately, and you know, especially if Zach Ertz is out. And I think at minimum, Ertz is going to be limited, so that's going to help Ward's volume too. Yeah, I agree with those guys. And the nice thing about those is you can pay down there and you can still get the guy who could be the, who looks like the number one wideout for his team this week. And that can help you get more of those expensive running backs that we're all drooling over for this week. Yep. Yeah, definitely a, a bunch of good options this week uh, below 5K. Tourney side, who you got a wideout? I'm going Michael Gallup here, 5,400 bucks. I'm still deciding whether I want to invest any you know real money in Dak Prescott this week Um, and I might end up taking a shot on him in tournaments despite the shoulder injury but I think maybe you know just playing Gallup is a bit less risky you still get some of the upside with this Cowboys passing game we know the Dallas passing game has been awesome at home all season that includes Gallup Um, he has games of 27 26 and 18 DraftKings points at home this year Amari Cooper I clearly operating at less than 100%, I think. You know, there's no other reason for him to be, you know, losing snaps to Tavon Austin last week. So I think you're going to continue to see a bunch of action pushed Gallup's way. And, you know, we talked about the Redskins secondary last week in that Giants matchup, all the injuries they're dealing with. Giants wide receivers combined for 227 yards and two touchdowns against 
Washington, you know, I, I think Gallup could definitely do a lot of damage on Sunday. Yeah, I think that if you're if you're trying to build one tournament lineup and then enter it in various places, I would not settle on Dak Prescott as my lone tournament quarterback. But if you're building several of them, I would put a Dak Prescott lineup out there because Washington not Washington begins as a great matchup. They have both of their starting safeties out for this game. They have at least their top three cornerbacks out for this game. And guys beyond that, it's just tough to know what the depth chart even looks like to say it's the fourth and fifth. But they have tons of defensive backs out for this game where they already entered as a a positive matchup. So Dak Prescott can be not Dak Prescott and still have a nice outing here. And I I also like the, the possibility of buying into Dak without having to put Dak in your lineup and putting really either of his receivers in, in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, Dak and even Gallup would be cash game considerations if Dak was healthy. And I, you know, I still think there's upside for, for Dak to even finish as quarterback one on the week. So in DFS tournaments is definitely the place to take a shot on these guys. Mm-hmm. I like Justin Watson at 4900 bucks. We talked about the 4K range. I think he's another guy there. Um, he has shifted toward being their primary slot receiver over the past two weeks. Most of all, last week, he played more of his snaps there than on the outside. That would pit him against the Falcons' worst-graded corner in primary coverage, Kendall Sheffield. Eight-plus targets, five catches in two of his past three games, and Justin Watson scored a touchdown in each of those two games where he saw the eight-plus targets and caught five passes. And if you got a little bit more money, I like Sterling Shepard at 6200 bucks. A higher floor, I think, than a lot of other guys in the same range. No fewer than six targets in any game this season. And just two games of fewer than five catches among his nine outings so far. Matchup with the Eagles raises the upside on the yardage and the scoring. And Shepard has gone for, has gone over 12 yards per catch in two straight games. Yeah, I wish Shepard was a bit cheaper. That probably keeps people off him for tournaments. I, I still think Darius Slayton is interesting to go back to if that knee injury isn't going to be an issue. He's down at 4900 bucks. Yes, I agree. Tight end, what are you playing for cash? Man, I, I'm scared to build a lineup this week without Tyler Higby in it. Um, you know, he, he's 5600 bucks. So you do got to pay up a bit, but you know, he, he has four straight games of 100 plus yards now. And now he faces the Cardinals. So, you know, we've been picking on all season. They're dead last in yards and touchdowns allowed to tight ends. Higby's four game hot streak here actually started with seven catches, 107 yards, and a score against Arizona. So I'm definitely going to try to, you know, pay up for Higby, even in cash. Yeah, still leads our DK dollars per point this week, even with a $600 spike in his DK salary. And Gerald Everett returned for this last game, the fourth 100-yard game in his streak, and played four snaps. So we don't have to worry about that being a potential risk factor. So I, I agree with trying to get to Higby there. I think if you just need the savings because you're paying up elsewhere, Dallas Goddard at 4900 looks pretty good. Zach Ertz is looking very iffy, even if he plays for the game. And, and Jason Witten is kind of my crossover here. Available for cash, also worth a look in tournament. 3900 bucks, so gets you down into the 4K range. Caught 6, 5, and 4 passes before last week against the Eagles. Scored touchdowns in two of those three games before the Philly game. Scored back in week two against Washington. Washington enters this one as the number three scoring matchup for tight ends. And as I mentioned, they're missing everybody in the secondary, and that includes Landon Collins and Monte Nicholson, the two starting safeties. So it should be a really good spot, not to mention a quarterback with a sore right shoulder might be looking in the shorter range where he can find his open tight end. Yep, no issue with Witten. I think he, he's the best option um, for cash games sub 4K. 
on the tournament side, I'm going to go back to OJ Howard. Um, you know, I, I had him everywhere on that Saturday slate last week. He he was disappointing. You know, three catches, 46 scoreless yards. Still saw seven targets in that game, though. Um, you know, he's now eighth among all tight ends and targets over the last four weeks. He's seventh among tight ends and air yards over the last four weeks. So he he has seen a spike in volume with Chris Godwin out again, Mike Evans out again. I think Howard for this price tag is another good volume bet. And, and the matchup's good against Atlanta, 23rd against tight ends. And, you know, Sunday's game definitely sets up as a shootout. Yeah, I'll be looking at the guys we already mentioned. I'll also give a look at uh, Jared Cook, 5,200, Austin Hooper, 5,800. A nice matchup for Hooper. He missed the first meeting, but, you know, he, he returns for this one. He had a good game last week, seven catches for 82 against Jacksonville. And the Falcons are down Calvin Ridley since the first meeting. And, you know, we'll see how much of Julio Jones we get. He's got a shoulder and knee issues that he's playing through. Jared Cook, totally a tournament play because his targets have been low, but he's seen just 10 targets over the past three games and scored four times in that spin. Yeah, he, he's been awesome, really, since he came back from the injury. And uh, he went uh, six catches, nine, nine yards, and a score in the first game against Carolina. So I like Jared Cook. And then, yeah, Hooper's super interesting, you know, being $200 more than Tyler Higby. I don't think anyone's going to have Austin Hooper. And, again, I'm I'm scared not to play Tyler Higby, but realistically, there's a decent chance Hooper outscores Higby this week. And, I mean, you can consider putting both Hooper and Higby in the same lineup with yeah. their salaries in that range because that 58 or 5,600 looks better in the flex spot when you're comparing it to what you'll have to pay to get similar upside at wide receiver or uh, running back. Yep, yep, that's true. Who else besides those guys might you be looking at in the flex? Yeah, I think we mentioned most of them here. I think Damian Williams and Cash is where I'll be trying to get to at the flex spot. Um, I do like Justin Watson, Darius Slayton, John Ross in tournaments. I think you know even guys like Steven Sims and Greg Ward. I think they you know they have the upside to catch six, seven, eight balls, which could help you in a tournament. And then, and then again, I think keep an eye on inactives. Leonard Fournette popped up on the injury report today as questionable. You know, they could easily decide to rest him in this week 17 game. That would make Rykel Armstead an option. Todd Gurley, if he ends up sitting out, Malcolm Brown, I think he's down at what, 4K? I think he'd be an option. So, you know, we're probably going to have some value open up on Sunday. I'll throw out Le'Veon Bell at 5,800, Jamison Crowder at 5,100 as possibilities as well against you know, what should be a skeleton Bills defense, at least by the second half of that game, if not a kickoff. And then one more I would consider in a GPP lineup is Austin Eckler at 6200 bucks, a little bit pricey. So I doubt that I'm going to end up landing on him, but I think he's at least worth a look in a game that should feature his receiving upside, just like it did the first time they matched up. Yeah, DraftKings has just been tempting me to play Le'Veon Bell all season. I'm kind of sick of it, but I, I do think he he is underpriced for the volume he's been getting, you know, and, and especially if the Bills are going to be resting some defensive guys. Yeah, and he's a reluctant inclusion for me, too. I yeah. doubt I'll play him just because he makes me physically ill at this point, just considering <laughs> playing him, but he definitely is a sensible play, uh, you know, probably along the lines of when I've mentioned David Montgomery and then fallen on the sword so far. <laughs> exactly. Defense, what do you like? Uh, so the Bears at twenty one hundred bucks. Um, I mean, they, they've been a major disappointment in fantasy this season, but it's still a pretty good defense. Football Outsiders has them ninth in defensive DVOA. So at twenty one hundred bucks, even if the Vikings were playing starters, I'd probably be looking at the Bears in cash. The Vikings aren't going to be playing all their starters. Dalvin Cook's been ruled out. Kirk Cousins reportedly isn't going to play in this game, so it's going to be Sean Mannion at quarterback. So, so to me, I think the Bears at this price tag are, are a lock for cash games. I would not be looking at them if we were getting a full Vikings squad, but I absolutely agree that Bears at 2100 are the start.
starting point, especially when we're trying to look to save money to, to spend up elsewhere. I think the other considerations for me, Jets at 2700 against those limited bills, Steelers at thir- at 3000 bucks against the Robert Griffin version of the Ravens, and then the Packers at 3000 at the Lions. I, I don't know that I would play them over the Steelers at the same price considering the two matchups, but they're certainly in play for the matchup. Yeah, the Steelers and Packers are the two teams I'm going to be looking to in tournaments. Yeah, I think they really should both be up in that, you know, $3,400, $3,500 range. I think we're getting a bit of a discount. The Steelers especially because, you know, the Steelers are priced as if Baltimore is going to play their starters. And we know Lamar Jackson isn't going to play. Mark Ingram's out. So um, Pittsburgh has been an excellent defense all season, and now they're going to get a game against Ravens backups. That's going to do it for our final DraftKings podcast of the season. We will be back next week to talk playoff fantasy football. In the meantime, head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full Week 17 rankings and mess around with the Lineup Builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars for point projections, ceiling projections, and customizable strategy options. Check out Saturday morning or check back Saturday morning to see who we're playing against each other in the Crown His Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at Draft Sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. I am at Shauf DS. That's S C H A U F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shauf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 